Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. We very much so hope that you're enjoying these podcasts, and we invite for you to join us online at fumc-rr.org for all of our church information. We also hope you join us on social media at fumcrr on all social media platforms. If you'd like to give to this podcast and other ministries, please text 44321 and follow the instructions. Again, we hope you have a very blessed week. And better yet, we hope to see you soon at the First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. And so to extend mercy, we first have to understand that we have to get to know other people, not assume things about about people. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. I don't know, anybody struggle with that ever? And we need to stop and remember that on the cross, God, through his son, Jesus Christ, died for us so that we'd be forgiven and have a chance to live a different life and to be merciful. So here's the deal. My first service, halfway through the sermon, just got a little tickle in my throat, the dry weather and allergies. So if I'm unable to finish the sermon, we're just going to shut it down and go home. Does that sound like a plan? If you want to see the sermon, should that happen, uh, I did make it all through the 8.30, so I might from time to time be drinking water. By the way, you just heard the sermon and song. That was... That's pretty much it, but let's go ahead anyway, because I did work on this. So let's, let's pray. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and mercy in what you say to us and through us. May it make a real difference in how we live our lives and how we treat others. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So we're doing a series on the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, and each each Beatitude builds off the other. It's like building a a stained glass window from the bottom up. Uh, The foundation is the poor in spirit. So when we realize that we are poor in spirit and need of God, then it helps us to understand not only our own need for grace, but the need to extend it to others. Uh, then there's blessed are those who mourn. So we, we we mourn for the things that God mourns for in the world. We also mourn of our own brokenness and realize our need of God. Then you go up further in the stained glass window, blessed are the meek. We talked last week about how the meek does not mean weak and pushover. It means someone who's gentle in spirit, humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness is the next phase up. How do we hunger for what God hungers for in the world? And that brings us up the stained glass window about three-quarters up as we build the foundation to blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy, and blessed are the pure in heart. So mercy. Uh, There's uh, two Greek words that make up the word sympathy, because to have mercy on someone is to enter into their experience. And these two words together make the word sympathy. So it's together with and to experience or to suffer with. So that is sympathy. It is to be together with someone and to experience their experience as if you're getting in their skin, even to the point uh, of suffering with that person. And that takes time. It takes effort. It takes stepping back and realizing that God did not appoint you or me 
to wake up each day to be the one that points out every conceivable flaw in every person because if, we, if you look hard enough, you can find something wrong with just about anything. And there's a lot of good in this world, but, but it is tempting, isn't it? So easy to th- see the things that are wrong in others. And usually the things that we point out in others that we don't like is what we deal with ourselves and we project that to, to other people. There's a great story about the 1984 men's Olympic basketball team. It was the last time the United States won a gold medal with an amateur team. And that team consisted of some outstanding players. It was the gold medal game. They were playing Spain and were up by 29 points at the half. Bobby Knight, who was a coach of the Indiana Hoosiers, and we have some Hoosier fans here I know, will love this story. Bobby Knight is walking from the court to the locker room at halftime, and he said in his mind he was thinking, they just played a flawless half of basketball, but as a coach, you always go in and want to say something you could work on, right? Well, Michael Jordan had uh, played 12 minutes in that first half, had 19 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists in 12 minutes. So Bobby Knight walks into the locker room, and the first person he sees sitting at the locker is guess who? Michael Jordan. So Knight walks in, looks at Jordan, and says, uh, when are you going to set a screen? All you've done is score, rebound, play great defense, and assist. When are you going to set a screen? I got four other guys out here setting screen. Do I need to bench you so I can get five guys that'll set a screen? Then Jordan looked at him with a grin and said, uh, you know, a few weeks ago I read in the paper that you said I was the quickest player you'd ever seen or coached. And Knight said, and I'll clean it up. Bobby Knight used some more colorful language. (laughs) And he said, what does that have to do with anything? And Jordan said, "Uh, Coach, I'm setting those screens so fast you can't even see them. (laughs) But, But it is easy, isn't it, to see the things that are wrong and in the world and in people and I think a good step to becoming a merciful person is to assume from the outset that whoever we're encountering each day, that that person is going through a difficult time. Just assume that off the bat because you're probably going to be right, whatever it is. And think that if that person is irritable or not kind to me or or whatever, that, that there's usually something underneath it and that's just the presenting issue or action. And that person just needs maybe just someone to listen, maybe just someone to to care. I was uh, visiting with a lady once. We were planning her husband's funeral, and this is a few days after he had passed away, and she told me the story of, of what happened. She got up on a Saturday morning early and had her coffee and breakfast and then went back in uh, to the bedroom and went into the bathroom to take a shower and she came out of the shower and just like that her husband was was dead there had died 
cardiac arrest, just, just like that. Calls 911, they come out, pronounce him dead, and then funeral home comes, and as they're leaving, they, they drop off to her a brochure and said, we'll be in touch. And so there she is on a Saturday morning, mid-morning at this point, sitting alone in the kitchen, looking at a brochure from a funeral home after they have just taken away the most precious person in her life. And as she was telling me the story, I couldn't help but think, what would it have been like for her the next day? Because she said the day after that, she, she had to go to the store and she was at the grocery store and I would imagine she couldn't think straight, maybe just in a cloud, and maybe she was that person in front of me at HEB that couldn't figure out how to operate the scanner. And I'm impatient because I have to get places, you know, and little would I know that she had just experienced that the day before. You know, it does change things when you really think that other people are struggling too. It also helps to know that uh, we don't have all our stuff together either, right? I mean, let's be honest. I need grace and forgiveness just as much as you and vice versa. I was watering our tree last night in the front yard. I think last week I told you how our yards are just in terrible shape. For weeks we haven't been able to use any irrigation at all. So it would be like me standing there watering my tree and my neighbor across the street and me saying to my neighbor, boy, your yard looks terrible. <laughs> While all the while I'm standing in a sea of crunchy dead grass. But it's easy to do. So you think about receiving mercy and extending mercy. How many of you have been to uh, Israel, the Holy Land? Anybody? If you haven't had a chance to go, it's worth every minute. There's the Sea of Galilee, which is really a large freshwater lake. And then just below it to the south is the Dead Sea. And, and the Sea of Galilee is the second lowest lake in the world. The Dead Sea is the lowest by elevation. So into the Sea of Galilee, water flows from the Jordan River and then it flows out to the south. And so that's a beautiful lake, <clears throat> lots of vegetation and animals. And Then it gets to the Dead Sea, and guess what? The Dead Sea, it doesn't flow out at all. It just receives. And my first trip to the Dead Sea, I remember two things. One was all the people from around the world wearing Speedos. That was troubling, but besides that... Trying to have a holy moment, it's like, you know. Uh, you can't seek in the Dead Sea. It's the, the salt content is so high, so you get in and you just lay back and it's like you're on a raft. Uh, but there's no raft underneath you, and it is just dead. And so you can put that with our lives in grace and mercy. It's one thing to receive grace, but if we're not extending it to others, we become dead and it's like a conduit that has a, a blockage in it. And you know, there's not a limited supply of grace. Did you know that? We can 
extend grace and mercy. And, and maybe Jesus knew what he was talking about when he said, blessed are the mercy, merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Told a story about a king that had a servant that owed him 10,000 talents. Now, anybody know how much a talent was worth back then? About 15 to 20 years wages. So if he owed 10,000 talents, what is that? Let's say it's 20. That's 200,000 years it would take this person to pay it back. So Jesus put that in the story to make a point. He exaggerated. Here's a debt that could never be paid back. And the threat was, if you don't pay it back, I'm going to sell your family into slavery, all of you. So he begged for forgiveness, and sure enough, the king forgave him. And then that servant who'd just been forgiven of 200,000 years of work went out and saw someone that owed him 100 denarii. Guess how much 100 denarii was worth? Well, a denarii is one day's wage, so 100 days. He'd just been forgiven the unforgivable, and so the person that owed him 100 denarii seizes him by the throat, has him thrown in prison. And Jesus made the point there towards the end of the parable, how could one who's received so much in grace be so harsh and unforgiving? So I, I know if you're like me, there's many of us in this world that, that, that it's difficult to forgive sometimes and to extend mercy, and a lot of things factor into that. And sometimes the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. I don't know, anybody struggle with that ever? And we need to stop and remember that on the cross, God, through his son, Jesus Christ, died for us so that we'd be forgiven and have a chance to live a different life and to be merciful. The other day I was visiting with a church member and this person shared this story with a group I was in. I asked for permission to share it because it's just so, uh, so appropriate to what we're talking about today. And he said it was 1964, his dad passed away and his dad left him a shotgun that belonged to him and that was really special. His just passed it down. and Well, this man's brother asked to borrow the shotgun to go dove hunting, and he, he loaned him the shotgun, and after he went hunting, he traded the gun in for another gun. So you can imagine if you're that other brother that that was left to you and your brother just gave it away. Became so upset about it that they just cut off all communication. Now, that was 1964. Fast forward to this past January. This January, he finally went and connected with his brother. He had found out that he was terminally ill. And there was forgiveness. And he thought to himself, I was so, so upset over a shotgun that I missed having a relationship with my brother's four wonderful children. And he got to meet them as well and learn about their lives. And, and he said, I, I gave that up over being upset over a shotgun. And then he said to our group, and, and you could hear a pin drop in the story at this point. He said to our group, he said, hey, if, if there's something not right with you and a 
family member or a friend, go make it right while you can. Life's too short. And I could see something in his face as he was telling the story. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I think he received mercy because he was able to extend mercy and the weight of the world was lifted off his shoulders and he was so compelled about it that he had to tell others. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So, what about you? If you're like most people, there is somebody in your family that there's a strained relationship with. It might be a spouse, it might be a child, might be a distant relative. Maybe it's a friend you've had for years and maybe that's strained. What would stop you today from picking up the phone and doing what Jesus said? Even if you're right, because you know he was right, that was not a good thing to do to trade in the shotgun that is... Would you rather be right or would you rather be in right relationship and let God take care of the rest? And I can tell you from the person who I'll see at the 11 o'clock service when I tell this story, I can tell you Jesus was right. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. Let's pray. God, help us to forgive as we've been forgiven. To be people who are kind and willing to take a few extra moments to understand others so that we can love them more deeply. And we thank you for the grace that has been extended to us this day. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.